the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome. You are listening to Hope and Faith Ministry, a broadcast of the historic People's Baptist Church in Boston, New England's oldest African-American church. Hope and Faith Ministry features the inspirational sermons of my father, Dr. Wesley Roberts, Senior Pastor at People's Baptist Church. We're so glad you're here. Dr. Roberts has a powerful message of hope and love for your life and mine. Now enjoy this broadcast of Hope and Faith Ministry, brought to you from People's Baptist Church of Boston. The title of the message today is, You Can Make a Difference. You Can Make a Difference. The world of politics is a strange one. The happenings in Washington, unfortunately, mirrors the state of our society. The trouble which President Trump finds himself in is not only self-inflicted, but made worse by partisan politics on both sides of the aisle. It is sad to see the attitude of politicians claiming to be upholding the Judeo-Christian values, yet at the same time abandoning basic fairness and decency for the sake of political gain. If you had the power to change the society for good, what would you do? Would you abolish partisan Washington politics governed by special interests? Would you make helping the poor and suffering a priority? Would you try to eliminate crime, violence, and ban weapons of mass murder as New Zealand did a while ago? Would you improve the educational system and make a good education available to every child in America? Would you try to return the country to the moral values and, and to the Christian values that have uh, shaped this country down through the, the centuries? The fact is that as ordinary Christians, we often feel powerless to change the way things are in society. Sometimes we simply accept what society says and does without um, presenting uh, the Christian position because we are not only members of this society, but we are members of the kingdom of God. And the kingdom of God operates by different values. So we need to be clear as to where we stand and, and to understand who we are. We often fail to recognize, unfortunately, the power of the ballot box in a democracy. But the good news I bring you today is that Christians are not as powerless to bring about changes as we sometimes think. The Apostle Paul seems to think that Christians can make a difference in the society in which they live. And when he was writing, it was not a Christian society, it was a pagan society where Christians were a tiny minority, often persecuted. 
You see, the church of God is God's instrument for change. It is God's alternative society which is supposed to reflect a different set of values than those of the world. Now, writing to the first century Christians, to the Ephesian Christians, Paul says in Ephesians chapter 4, 31 and 32, Get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, and slander, as well as all types of evil behavior. Instead, be kind to each other, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, just as God through Christ has forgiven you. You see, Paul is saying here that we have the power to make a difference in our world by the way we act toward each other. We cannot be like the world and expect to change the world. We have to take our orders from a different general and listen to a different heartbeat, the heartbeat of Christ. So So lying, dishonesty, foul language, slander, gossip, do not change your world. They destroy it. Christians are to be part of the solution, not a part of the problem. And the better we are, the better our society will be. So to make a, a difference in our, in our society, uh, Paul gives us um, two points. The first is that we must get rid of all types of sinful behavior. We must get rid of all types of sinful behavior. And remember now, he's writing to Christians, not the world. It's in verse 31, Paul gives us the the negative formula, and then in verse 32, uh, the positive formula. And so he starts off by by mentioning bitterness. In verse 31, he says, get rid of all bitterness. So bitterness is a state of the spirit. It is a condition which never sees any good in anything, but always sees something wrong. The person with a bitter spirit nurses grievances, dwells on them, and is in a state of constant anger. The person who is bitter in spirit is not willing to believe good of anyone or anything, but is always ready to believe the evil things. When such a person is shown something uh, beautiful, he or she does not praise the 99% that is beautiful, but always points to the 1% that is not. We all know the kind of individual who is always pointing out the troubles the, and the defects and the faults and the blemishes, but who never sees the good in anything that is, that is done. It can be most exasperating and depressing uh, to deal with such people. And Paul says, get rid of all bitterness because of who we are. We are the children of the Most High God. We have been redeemed by the blood of Jesus Christ. And so we, we are expected to be different. And unless we are different, then we cannot really make any changes uh, in, this, in the world in which we find ourselves. So you can't change anything with a bitter spirit. Of course, people with a bitter spirit often feel that they have a cause for being bitter. Some have lost a spouse or parent. Some have lost children to disease or accident, and they have become bitter with regard to the whole of life. 
you may have been dealt a certain uh, dealt certain hard blows by life, but that is no justification for bitterness or cynicism. If you have a problem, if you have been deeply hurt, take it to the throne of God, and leave it there, and ask him, ask him to change you. So don't make yourself miserable, and don't make everybody else miserable as well. It is a terrible thing for a Christian to nurse a grievance. Bitterness belongs to the old self, the old you, that God saved you from. And if you notice what Paul says in Ephesians chapter 4 and verse, and verse 22, it says, you were taught to leave your old self, to stop living the evil way you lived before. That old self becomes worse because people are fooled by the evil things they want to do. But after bitterness, Paul um, mentions rage. Now, bitterness is something felt in the heart which you may restrain for a little while. But rage is violent outburst. When you are in a rage, you can't think properly. You can't function properly. Your emotions have taken over and you are liable to do anything. And I want to think that this is what happens quite often when we hear of these um, murders where a whole family um, has been killed by a member of the family. We speak of children throwing a temper tantrum, but adults do the same thing also. You know, every time you get into a rage, you end up being sorry for your action. You feel like a fool. You feel small because you realize that you should have had more self-control. To get into a rage is sin. So Paul says, get rid of it. That's not what you should be doing as a believer in Christ. Among the sins of the flesh mentioned in Galatians chapter 5, 19 and 20, uh, Paul mentions fits of rage. What kind of a world would we have? What kind of a society would we have? What kind of a church would we have? If um, when something happens, everybody flew into a rage and became violent. See, Christian, if you have a bad temper, don't just talk about it. And um, as though it is something good. A bad temper is never good. Just ask the Lord for strength to get rid of it. Because a bad temper will always get you into trouble, more trouble than you can handle. And then Paul mentions anger. Now, anger is more settled and regular state of mind than rage. To be angry is not a sin. God has given us the emotion of anger so that uh, we can be outraged and be angry about, about something that is not, not, is not right. For example, we should be angry when we see certain things uh, taking, taking place in our society. For example, the selective justice or injustice of our law enforcement system regarding the poor or minorities. We should be angry at the mistreatment of children by adults 
and the abuse of wives by their husbands. We should be angry about a lot of things that we see happening in the society uh, today. In Ephesians chapter 4, verse 26, uh, Paul says, And don't sin by letting anger control you. Don't let the sun go down while you are still angry, for anger gives a foothold to the devil. It's a sinful anger is anger which is accompanied by bad temper, anger that is excessive, violent, uncontrollable, that leads uh, to to rage. But let's uh, move on to the next negative characteristic that Paul mentions here, and uh, harsh words. Peter in 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 1 says, Rid yourselves then of all evil, No more lying or hypocrisy or jealousy or insulting language. Harsh words are connected with rage and anger. When people get into a stage of rage or anger, they do not speak to one another. They shout at each other and they try to to, um, demean the other person uh, by the words that they use. They want them to, to, to be hurt. So harsh words can disrupt and destroy a household. It can disrupt and destroy a work environment or even a church fellowship. It's a hindrance to communication. It drives people away. It is something that should not be present in the life of the Christian or in the church of Jesus Christ. So get rid of all harsh words Be thinking of other people when you decide to use a particular word. How will it affect them? And uh, when you you think um, about what you are about to say, rather than simply um, shoot from the hips or or fly off or or whatever the case may be. But um, when, when 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 you do that, you run into all kinds of problems. And so it's... It's um, helpful just to think about what you're going to say before you say it. And sometimes when you think about what you are going to say, by the time you respond, you you have cooled down and you can use uh, more helpful words in communicating your feelings. So the next um, one, the last one that we'll we'll deal with here, is slander. In Colossians chapter 3 and verse 8, Paul says, Now is the time to get rid of anger, rage, malicious behavior, slander, and dirty language. Now slander is the cool, calculated, deliberate saying of things that are harmful to others. It is the deliberate saying or repeating of things about others that are calculated to harm them. Slander can destroy a person's character. And so Paul says, get rid of evil speaking. Get rid of slander. It is a sin. Because you have become a Christian does not mean that bitterness, rage, anger, uh, harsh words, and slander will automatically disappear from your life. Now, if that was the case, there would be very few Christians here today. 
So Paul says, you have to make an effort. You have to take action. You have to get rid of these characteristics of sinful nature by understanding uh, what is required of you as a child of God, as someone who has been made new by the Spirit of God. I'm reminded of the lady who was very enthusiastic about her pastor's sermons. Each time he named a certain sin, she would cry out, That's right. Tell him, tell him, Reverend. Pray, praise the Lord. And then the pastor turned his attention to the sin of gossip, which was her particular sin. And the lady was strangely quiet. And finally she turned to her neighbor and said, Now he has stopped preaching and he has turned to meddling. (laughs) I have a strange feeling that this same attitude is present not only in people's church but in all the churches because we are are human beings and and we take certain things with us into the the church. Uh, you You can make a difference in the world of which you are part of and you can make it worse by your sinful behavior, or you can make it better by your Christ-like life. And so, the, so Paul first mentioned the, to get rid of all types of sinful behavior, and now, secondly, he says we must live a Christ-like life. We must live a Christ-like life. Ephesians 4.32 uh, says, Be kind and loving to each other. And forgive each other just as God forgave you in Christ. You see, instead of bitterness, rage, anger, and slander, Christians are to be kind and loving in their relationship to one another. Kindness is seldom expensive or difficult. What a difference it can make when someone speaks a kind word or does a kind deed for you. Kindness is one of the most effective types of Christian witness. You can change people by your kindness. An old Christian man moved to a neighborhood where there was a notoriously disagreeable and contentious neighbor. When informed of the character of his neighbor, the old man answered, If he disturbs me, I will kill him. His statement reached the ears of his neighbor, who did everything that he could to torment his new neighbor. But every offense was met with kindness. Until at last, the contentious neighbor was overwhelmed and said, I was told that he would kill me, but I did not know he would do it this way. You can make a difference for good when you are being kind. It's something we ought to practice every day and should ask yourself the question, am I being kind today? Oh, Lord, help me to be kind today. In the place that I go with my, in my, in, at home, at work, or at school, wherever you are. Lord Shaftesbury, the 19th century English social reformer, philanthropist, and parliamentarian, was an unusual man. Some strange, strangers were to meet his lordship at the railway station, uh, so they inquired how they would know him when they saw him. And the answer was very interesting. The answer was, when you see a tall man getting off the train and helping somebody, that will be Lord Shaftesbury. 
And sure enough, a tall man stepped off the train carrying a suitcase in one hand and in the other the three bundles of a little old lady. So you can make the world a better place in which to live by your kindness. And we, we see so much unkindness today in our society. All you have to do is watch television or listen to the radio, and um, it's just amazing how unkind people are at one another. But Christians ought to be different. No, you can expect that of the world. They don't know the Lord whom we serve. They do not know that Jesus died and rose again for their, um, their forgiveness and, and uh, for the new life that they'll have for all eternity. But for us, we have to be, we have to be different. So to be loving means that you are concerned about other people, that you're sympathetic towards others in their difficulties and the problems that they have when they are struggling. Many people walk through this life so wrapped up in their own interests that they have no time to sympathize with others. And uh, this is um, uh, true by what they say. It's none of my business. I have problems of my own. But as disciples of Jesus Christ, we are to be kind and loving to others, whether they are Christians or not Christians. The Apostle Paul in Romans chapter 12, 15 and, and 16 says, Rejoice with those who rejoice. Mourn with those who mourn. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be proud, but be willing to associate with people of low position. Do not be conceited. No one should feel that he or she is alone facing trouble or sorrow. Anyone who has ever lost a loved one or friend knows how comforting the mere grasp of a hand uh, or an embrace in sympathy can be. And as I say quite often, when you get into those situations, say as little as possible because you're likely to say the wrong thing. People don't need the words. They just need to know that your presence is there and that you care. So uh, all you need to do is to give them a hug and say that, you know, I'm with you. I'm praying for you. And that can, that can do a miracle. But when you try talking to them, quoting scripture to them, they don't need to hear scripture then. They are too hurt to even follow what you are saying. So simply be present with them. Showing love to one another can make the world a better place in which to live. But Paul goes on to say that Christians are to exercise forgiveness in their relationship to one another. In Colossians chapter 3 and verse 13, uh, Paul says, You must make every allowance for each other's faults and forgive the person who offends you. Remember the Lord forgave you. So you must forgive others. Now, the Bible has a lot to say about forgiveness, and it is easy to understand why. You see, in this world, this imperfect world, we constantly cannot help offending one another at times in our speech and in our actions. 
We make mistakes. We lose our tempers. We say and do all kinds of things because we are still in the flesh. There is still sin as a part of us. But how comforting it is to have somebody say, I forgive you. Now let's forget it and move on. During the Korean War, a South Korean Christian civilian was arrested by the communist North and ordered shot. But when the young communist leader learned that the prisoner was in charge of an orphanage caring for little children, he decided to spare him and kill his son instead. And so they shot the 19-year-old son of this um, father in his presence. Later, the fortunes of war changed, and the young communist leader was captured by the United Nations forces, tried and condemned to death. But before the sentence was carried out, the Christian man whose son had been killed pleaded for the life of the killer. Give him to me, said the father. I'll train him. The United Nations forces granted the request, and that father took the murderer of his son into his home and cared for him. And the young communist became a Christian because he saw the love of Christ in action. And that is how we win people, not just by beating them over the head with the gospel. We win them by being compassionate, by being kind, by being supportive, by being helpful. So we have an obligation as followers of Christ to forgive those who hurt us, those who have sinned against us. And we have to be willing to forgive others, not just once, but as Jesus said, told Peter, 70 times 7. And none of us will ever exhaust that number. The sinful world needs a lot of things, but kindness, sympathy, and forgiveness are among the things that are most needed to make our society a better place in which to live. With the help of Jesus, we can be kind, we can be compassionate, and we can be forgiving. The world has every right to expect those qualities from those who name the name of Christ. Because if they have read the Bible, they'll see that Christ is a different person from what they see around them. So when we begin to live out the principles of our faith, when we begin to model what life in God's kingdom is like, then people want to be identified with the peculiar people called Christians. You see, if you're a Christian, you can make a difference. You can bring about changes in your community, uh, because love is stronger than hate, goodness is stronger than evil, truth is stronger than lies, faith is stronger than doubt, grace is stronger than sin, and Jesus is stronger than Satan. Yes, Jesus is the conqueror that never loses. He is the deliverer that never disappoints. He is the hope that never fades. He is the rock that never moves and the bridge that never collapses. And when we have done our best to represent him in the world, remember we are ambassadors, and we are here for a short period of time in order to represent Christ and to make him known. But when we have done our best in doing what he has asked us to do, and we face, become face-to-face with him on that last day, we will then 
be able to hear those immortal words. Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of your Lord. Amen. Amen. Thank you for joining us here at Hope and Faith Ministry, a broadcast of the historic People's Baptist Church in Boston. We pray that you have been touched and inspired by today's message. People's Baptist Church is a Christ-centered, caring church located at 134 Camden Street at the corner of Camden and Tremont Streets. Our Sunday services are at 8 a.m. and at 1045 a.m. You can reach us at 617-427-0424. Come visit us in person or on the web at www.pbcboston.org. And tune in every Saturday morning at 1030 for another inspiring message of hope and faith. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.